0: You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.
1: Right here on the BetQL Network, Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday. I do know what day it is, and it is a Tuesday here. As we get set and we look ahead to the U.S. Open coming up this weekend to join us right now to talk U.S. Open, our guy Jeff Farnberg, Mayo Media, with us on the guest line, the Roman guest line, to talk about – the U.S. Open. But first, Jeff, we have to get your thoughts on on the biggest story in golf right now, besides a major coming up this weekend, which is, you know, what's happening with the tour, what's happening with live golf uh, in Saudi Arabia and, and the tour being kind of broken up here a little bit. What what's your big picture thought? I mean, I'm not really I mean, if you want to give your thoughts, you're welcome to on, on the morality of what these guys are doing. But just in general, what do you think this means for the tour and for the sport of golf?
2: So I'm incredibly fascinated, like everyone, by it. And I watched maybe three seconds of Live Golf and said, I don't really care to watch it. But the conversation mm-hmm. surrounding it on pretty much every level fascinates me greatly. And like a lot of people, have invested, I'm nothing like a player, but I've invested so much of my life into the PGA Tour, long before betting. But, you know, time and energy, and now is like betting and all this other stuff has come into the forefront. It's opened those kind of doors not to say live wouldn't but I feel like I've invested heavily and all you kind of need to know is you know if Aaron Judge or a player you know if he leaves the Yankees and goes to San Francisco for 300 million instead of 270 it's not that like there'll be just big smiles there'll be press conferences and there'll be enormous smiles I've never seen anybody take 200 million dollars and look like that you know so that's kind of all you need to know in a nutshell.
0: How do you think they define success? Cuz I'm with you, s- same thing. Like I was not interested, I was not seeking it out on YouTube or Facebook trying to figure uh, trying to f- find that. Like it's enough to handicap one tour with, especially if you're betting all sorts of other sports or even a couple of tours if you're in the corn ferry, but h- how do you think uh, success would be defined here, Jeff?
2: You could already define it as successful in the sense that at Riviera, when those Phil comments came out and everybody was appalled. And then by the time we were at the masters and Phil wasn't there and it was like, this thing is dead before it starts. Like that was sort of what a lot of people were trumpeting in, in major publications dead before it starts. Well, based on that and then based on what they did this past weekend and what they have scheduled for Oregon in a couple weeks, I think you could argue that's that's a pretty great success um, in in many respects.
3: Let's talk about the US Open. Tell me about some of, you know, your strategy for this one. And, um, you know, are you looking at outright winners, top 10, top 20, top five, make miss the cut? Where do you kind of key in on?
2: Yeah, so I'm pretty much beholden to the outright market. It's not the most methodical way of betting golf, but it's the one where I get the most entertainment out of. I'll certainly be into the um, other markets as well, but it is that outright market that that I simply can't resist. And sometimes I feel guilty doing content for major weeks because I just love golf so much. I love so many of these players, guys. And when it comes to major championships, I catch myself willing to lose money on being part of a legacy flip. And by that, I mean, I'm just, be, I just love first time major winners in that 30 to sixty range. I can't resist trying to chase them. It's been successful for me in the past, but I, I just bet a bunch of guys that other people might tell you they can't win the big one.
1: Jeff i always uh, like to ask you when you come on before a major uh, about the course. They're in Brookline this week. I think it's the fourth time they'll have hosted the U.S. Open. Uh, your thoughts on this course, how it might play, and um, and just what about it stands out to you and, and how that might help us pick the right golfers this weekend.
2: Yeah, so, so much, you know, with the course when we go to places that we're pretty much so unfamiliar with. We haven't been in forever. It's, it can be difficult to garner anything from winning score or, or what, you know, the makeup of past champions when it's been so long since we have been somewhere. But this just seems like a, like you're in a time machine when you go into the country club. I get enthralled watching some of the, um, the drone, the overhead, like hole by hole views. Uh, just an incredible classic golf course that is going to play, in my opinion, at least when we have all these unknowns surrounding a U.S. Open, it's pretty easy to just default to the prototypes. Look who has won these things: Rom, Bryson, Brooks, Brooks, mm-hmm. Woodland snuck in there. Uh, D.J. Jordan Spieth. That's the last handful of them, guys. So you kind of got to keep narrow focus and long. I, I would say long and straight, but a lot of those guys who hit it the mile aren't exactly the straightest either. So sometimes you can get away with it lifting that trophy off the beaten path even though people never seem to think you can
0: well jeff typically we all know that us open is known for the challenging courses and uh they get very mad when we have ridiculous scores going off the charts like we have seen in the past uh with, with a guy like kepka all different courses but they're tough um how much do you put into the history of U.S. Opens versus, say, the history of majors in general?
2: I put a ton of stock into the history of U.S. Opens. And in many ways, U.S. Opens, PGA Championships, I'll lump them together. And the Phil thing last year, I just would quantify as a total outlier. And if I got outliered again, um, you know, I'd just laugh it off. That being said, maybe it's easy to say, because I did hit the woodland that some people would call an outlier at a big number. But there's a prototype. And, you know, I started doing picking this, you know, at least for, for public consumption years ago. It was just the Dustin Johnson prototype, long, straight. Uh, and if you couldn't, if you, and it was either different versions of that, be it, uh, you know, cheaper versions or poor man's versions of just long and straight. And I don't think I've changed one bit in that regard. There truly, in my opinion, is a U.S. open prototype and i'll if i lose if it goes off prototype i'll just accept it and i'll be right back here at next year's us open to play the prototype again friends
3: so you were mentioning that you kind of like that 30 to 60 range so who do you have your eye on
2: so in that 30 um to 60 to one range there are a few bets that i have already made this week i am just stuck on the Wills Alatoris train i have a 34 to 1 on him just long and straight i do worry that he could pay the price for some sideways uh drives i have money on daniel berger uh i have that at 60 to 1 sung jm tony finau Joachim neiman uh so those guys they all they're just long straight players and i just have to trust that they can find what it takes around the greens on sunday i will say in front of those guys there's an for other people to fly, people like me must die. And by that, I mean, I, people <laughs> must look at those major boards and wonder, who's betting Xander Shoffley? Who's looking at Patrick Cantley? I can tell you that is me. That is me right now. I think the most boring golfer in the world is going to be lifting that trophy on Sunday. It's just going to take the most boring, monotonous golf. And I think those are two guys that are flirting with like 25 to 1, I actually do think going closer to the front do represent some value uh, this week, crazy enough.
1: We're talking to Jeff Feinberg here from Mayo Media. Um, Jeff, if you had to go down the board, if you had to look for a long shot or two, even below some of the names you gave us, um, who who stands out? Is there anyone in that longer shot category, however however you define it, that at least maybe has piqued your attention, uh, piqued your interest, even if you're not going to bet on them, but you kind of have your eye on them?
2: Yeah, so I guess to say they would have to have uh that profile, and I would say there's no poor man profile of what the elite players do well, in my opinion, than a guy like Luke List, who you can find as you know, 150, 200 to one. Uh He can break your heart, certainly, but just a long, narrow track with tiny exacting greens uh and a winning score that's not going to be demanding always screams luke list as well as you know a former u.s open champion gary woodland and to live a little guys to get real crazy no pun intended if it plays to that other way i'm very much thinking a guy like patrick reed who's flirting at at triple digits uh Mm -hmm. could be very lively here in sort of that total scramble fest uh you know i don't want to there are a lot of adjectives, good and bad, you can use with Reed. But when, th- when it plays in a certain way, he can rise and his driver isn't abandoning him anymore. I actually think it could set up for him. He would be my like live leaderboard uh, pick this week.
0: Wow. That that would be a fun one. Right after Captain America goes to the live tour, <laughs> he comes back and wins the U.S. Open. All right, what about that top of the board we were talking about earlier? I I know your style, and you mentioned you live in 30 to 60. It's been very successful for you over the years, uh, but people can use this information for matchups, one and done, DFS. If there's a a couple golfers at the top that really stand out, check all of your boxes. Which ones are they?
2: Uh, It's honestly, you can make the case like any golf betting, the whole choose-your-own-adventure angle. And I mm-hmm. could make the case like if I have buddies who they just like betting the majors, and I'm like oh, I don't want to give you my like motley crew of guys who never win. Like if you literally went there and wanted to bet two of JT, Rory, Rom, and Scheffler, I think that's a very like heady strategy for the week. For me, I would take the the higher prices on both Rom. And Scotty Scheffler. Uh I love Roy. I love what he did in my backyard last week. You could have bet him at 10 to 1 to win the Canadian Open. Now you want to bet him at 10 to 1 to win to win the US Open. That's on you. Love JT, cash me a PGA. But John Rahm, I mean, everything the US Open asks of a player, I do not think there are not two better players, three better players in the world, in my opinion, than John Rom. So I'm still sort of devoted to him in that regard. And as seeing Scheffler's number creep higher and higher through the week, as so much love has been given to those first two, uh, there's some tempta- some temptation there there as well, no doubt, no doubt. But Rahman Scheffler, I guess, would be where I would dif- where I would pick from.
3: I just bet Patrick Reed 120 to one. I do have a question. So obviously you get so much value when you bet these outright winners, but how many bets do you recommend? Because if you're firing away, like you're not, it's hard, you know, if you don't hit one. So do you, do you have a number that you look to stick to or what's your strategy there?
2: Yeah, so I definitely do have a number, and like anything, you know, like major championships, they're kind of like my fetish. Or they could, that's March Madness for some people and other tentpole events. For me, it's the major, so I definitely catch myself being overexposed. But, um, you know, I, I do this every single week, and I know I got to hit my quota at the end of the year. That's why coming into a, a, a tentpole event, betting on outrights, really dangerous you could leave mm-hmm. you know w- without any money that's the likelihood all those bets depreciate the second you make them but when i you know i'll be back next week having to bet the travelers again and when the season's over i'm doing it you know 48 times and i'm going to hit my quota and i'll be fine um so i get how it can be a risky proposition smartest people in the room are using the information and they're finding great numbers on head-to-head think of the head to heads matchups matchups like a college basketball Saturday. There's 150 games. They can't cap them all perfectly. That's impossible, mm-hmm. right? So there there are right. huge advantages that I think people really can find in those markets. The outright betting market, I mean, yeah, that's like a lottery ticket, and I'm here to have fun, and I'm here to be part of my favorite players having legacy slips. I can't deny that part of it. Jeff,
1: I think at one point some of your outrights, and you mentioned Daniel Berger. What are you thinking on him? Um, I'm, see, I'm seeing him at 50 to 1. You can find him out there at 60 to 1. Uh, why do you like him this week? And what about Berger stands out to you?
2: Okay, so uh, he's placed well in, in U.S. Opens before, but I truly believe, guys, we are getting value on a perception uh, uh, because people, he was injured for a bit. But if you look at the stats at the beginning of the year, his ball striking, his finishes, he's at the top every single week. He has that injury low, and he kind of uh, fades back a bit. And I think his price is still increased because of that injury low. But what happened? He had a quality Charles Schwab. And then when he decided to play the Memorial, like lights went off in my head. Because the Memorial was the week after the Charles Schwab, and we had a major in two weeks. He contends at the Memorial. He's healthy. He did those back-to-back. Uh, I feel like Berger is healthy again, and we are getting value of a guy who people might perceive to be a little nicked up. Uh, And I very much believe that Daniel Berger can go head to head with one of those dragons at the top on Sunday and come out on top.
1: Jeff, we always appreciate you hopping on. Great stuff. We'll be checking out the rest of your picks. And uh, you know you're our guy every time we have a major here to talk about. Jeff Feinberg on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash On the other side, this is going to be fun. Cash it or trash it on U.S. Open wagers. We'll play that next right here. As always, Beck Daily. On the BetQL network.
3: These Joes
0: are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gilio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. From BetQL.